Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One thirty-five in the Capital Region. Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. While your Oilers are in Vegas as we speak, they'll uh, skate... I think about 25 minutes from now. That's what I was told. They're hitting the practice rink right as the show comes to an end at 2 o'clock our time today. Uh, But let's get the lowdown on Vegas from a new guest to the show. Danny Webster is a contributor to NHL.com for the Golden Knights as well as the site manager for Knights on Ice at SB Nation. Danny, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Doing well, Brendan. How you doing? Uh, doing really well. Appreciate you jumping on here with us. And hey, before we get to the hockey talk, uh, I heard there was about thirty-eight and a half million Americans watching uh, the Raiders take care of Dallas down in Dallas last night. What's the buzz in the city after that big Thanksgiving Day win for the Vegas Raiders? Well, I'll tell you what. I think there are a lot of Raiders fans here who are kind of breathing a bit of sigh of relief after the way the last. Uh, two, three weeks have gone, and the fact that they were able to not just win, but win against a, a banged-up Cowboys team, I, I think they'll take it at this point. So I, I would say for Raiders fans, things are uh, things are looking a little bit decent for them right now. Yeah, tough, uh, tough start to the season, tough midway point of the season there with the coaching change. Anyway, let's uh, let's keep it to the ice here, and that is to assess the first quarter of the season, Danny, for Vegas. Um, maybe a little bit more adversity than we're used to seeing this franchise face. They've been, you know, so they've been a model organization in this league since they entered it, frankly. Um, but 12-8, and eight, third in the Pacific Division at the uh, quarter pole, the U.S. Thanksgiving Mark, what do you what are you seeing out of this team and how things have gone so far? 
Well, I think uh, the first thing to look at is how resilient this group is. I mean, you lose every player basically under the sun. You're throwing rookies in there who have not had any NHL experience. And to come out 12 out of uh, 12 out of 20 games on the win column, I think, says a lot about where they are right now. And the fact that they were able to do it without the likes of Stone, without the likes of Pacioretty, uh, William Carlson has been out for a good portion of that now. Zach Whitecloud was out. Alec Martinez is out. Shea Theodore is out. It just it, the the list goes on and on. And the fact that they were able to you know get 12 out of 20 on the win column at Thanksgiving, I think, is truly probably the biggest success story that you could have asked for. And the fact that you know the fact that they were also able to win as much as they are with the likes of Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, you know, putting on the pace that they are right now, you couldn't really ask for anything more out of them right now. And, you know, obviously tomorrow being a huge game as it is, and Edmonton will see Vegas at almost full strength for the first time. So if you're Vegas, you, you got to like what you see right now. And things have got to be, uh, things got to be pretty good right now. Now, do you think that more of the success uh, can be attributed to how Robin Leonard's really brought his game around in recent weeks, or is it something where you've got a system put in place by Peter DeBoer that you know you can rotate some of these rookies into and, and have them finding success? Oh, yeah, I definitely think the goalies have absolutely a lot to do with it, especially with Robin Leonard, because I, I think when you when you get into a situation where you don't have your top guys playing, it, it comes down to your goalies. And if your goalies can make the right the, the right saves at the right time, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. And Robin Leonard, throughout the stretch when Vegas was down, however many guys that were down, he had a lot of big saves and a lot of big games, and it kept a lot of teams to one to two goals a night. So, Definitely his play, I think, definitely helped with that. Laurent Brassois came in as well and has given a couple of good starts as well in the backup role. And, but I, I do think that the system that Pete DeBoer has kind of put together um, to have everybody succeed at this current pace is actually uh, a very good point. And, you know, we haven't really, like you mentioned earlier, we haven't really seen that. You know, in the in the four or five years of this franchise, you know, when Gerard Gallant was here, you know, you barely saw any rookies come in and play any games. Now that you have Pete DeBoer in, you kind of see just how effective his system is and just how uh, effective it is to put the young guys in the right place to succeed. And you've got guys that, again, haven't had any NHL experience and they're scoring goals every other night. So definitely there is a, a good uh, mixture between the both between uh, both components there for sure chatting with danny webster from uh, nhl.com he's a contributor there on the vegas front as well as site manager for nights on ice at uh, sb nation there so in terms of having a new face of the well i wouldn't necessarily call face of the franchise robin leonard you know but mark andre fleury was for the first couple of years there he gets traded away in the off season and i'm wondering if you can sort of elaborate on just the differences that you've noticed with this team on the ice in the community otherwise in the absence of mark andre fleury and just how things have changed since he's not there anymore yeah, I, I think that there is a little bit of a difference. Obviously, you know, everybody knows Marc-Andre Fleury, the kind of person he is, you know, the, the type of personality that he is. It's definitely a different contrast of what Robin Leonard is. But I, I think what you've seen, you know, through these first 20 games, 
there are people that definitely are on Robin Leonard's side and they want him to succeed and they truly believe in him as a person, as someone who cares about this community and someone who is, you know, who wants to win a Stanley Cup above anything else. Um, you know, it's definitely been interesting as far as not seeing uh, Marc-Andre Fleury out here playing games, making acrobatic saves. It's definitely been, I think, weird, but I think people have gotten adjusted to that fairly well and the golden knights have turned that cap hit from moving on from mark andre flurry to a couple of guys that have been you know very instrumental in helping the golden knights get to where they are right now and that's being laurent persuade and Evgeny Vidanov. so I, i think there's definitely that inkling that people a lot of people are still trying to get used to the fact that he's not here but i think people are starting to realize that moving on from him could end up being one of the best things to happen to the team. And right now you're seeing it with them being 12 and eight right now through 20. I wonder how much Jack Eichel's availability maybe influenced the idea that they could make a move like that, clear some cap space, keep a dog in the fight. And then ultimately, Danny, I don't need to tell you that the second overall pick from 2017 or 2015, excuse me, is uh, is now a Golden Knights. So there's never really been a lack of star power, it seems, within this franchise. What did you think of the of the move to go out and acquire another, you know, superstar caliber NHL forward in Jack Eichel? Well, I, I will be the one, one of the few to, and I've done it before, I've acknowledged that I didn't think they actually needed to go out and get him, but if he is available at a good price, you go out and do it. And to be quite honest, I'm still kind of shocked that they only gave up two draft picks, Alex Tuck, who has not played a game this year, and Peyton Krebs, who had not scored a point in the NHL level this season. They pretty much traded zero production for zero production with the hope of the production coming in in February or March. Um, you know, the the plan of aggressiveness of going out and getting these guys like Stone and Pacioretty and now Eichel is quite it, – it still boggles my mind that this is a, a four- or five-year franchise and the fact that they've been able to capitalize on every move that they've made in a calculated way since year one – to go out and get a guy like Eichel again basically for nothing and if he comes back and you're in the middle of a playoff race and he comes back and he's as good as he was when he was you know hitting you know point per game status in Buffalo you you hit the jackpot there no pun intended but you know right now the way that the Golden Knights have built this franchise it's still at a position I didn't even mention Alex Petrangelo in that in that group but to get the guys they've gotten to this point and have built themselves to a level where they can succeed five, 10 years down the road, especially with the hope that they, you know, develop some prospects and whatnot. It, this team is on pace to be as competitive for the next, you know, five, 10 years. And it, it's really ridiculous to see. I'm chatting with Danny Webster out of Vegas. And Danny, I'm wondering from your perspective, the importance of having the kind of star power that would keep you on the forefront of the news in a market where, you know, I don't know how UNLV does. I'm sure they're they're widely covered. I can only imagine the kind of trumping the NFL does, you know, uh, in most sports in an American market. And you've got the Raiders there you're competing with. But, you know, this is definitely a niche thing. It's been amazing watching hockey uh, you know, hockey fans in Vegas sort of create a really special market in that sense but it was talked about up here in Edmonton you know 
Does there need to be a superstar in that Vegas fold in order to stay relevant in the pecking order of the city? Do you believe that there's any truth to that, or is that maybe a little bit of a reach? Um, you know, I can see it from both sides because from a marketability standpoint, you kind of want that guy there to be like, oh, well, in the in the dog days of summer, you, you kind of want to have the marketability be like, okay, oh, by the way, here's this guy who's leading this hockey team. But I think the allure of the, Gold, the Golden Knights, when you look at, you know, what has happened in professional sports in this city, and, I, and I'm born and raised here, so seeing the, the boom of professional sports here has been absolutely insane. But when you look at the way that the Golden Knights enter the league and just the way that they've been able to hold on to the success ever since year one and how much the team and the, and the city have kind of you know bonded together and have created this uh, unique bond that I don't think will ever be broken, um, you, you see that and you see the success that they've been on for so long and you realize that this is still their team. This is still their own team. It's not. It's no. It's no slight on the Raiders, and you know UNLV is obviously its own institution, and it's been getting the top billing for so long. But no disrespect to the Raiders, the Golden Knights are this city's team, and I think for as long as that allure stays, and for as long as this team, you know, does what it does in the community and does what it does on a on an on ice level, which is you know being one of the best teams in the league, I, I don't necessarily think you need that superstar power to be a successful product and i think as long as that happens there are going to be so many people that are going to support this team and it's it's going to be i I think there are going to be a lot of people that will always think that the gold knights are at the top of the billing in this city that's good to hear you know and certainly a, a unique we're still on i guess the um not necessarily the frontier of what that is like as a hockey market, but we're finding out every year that passes, you know, what the what the staying power of hockey is in Vegas. And frankly, it hasn't dropped off at all. So I was curious, you know, with the bevy of moves that have been made, there's a lot of money tied up there and, and not a lot of players all of a sudden. I wonder, Danny, whether you've considered at all, you know, some of the salary cap ramifications in the next few years with some of these, you know, bigger uh, price tag contracts like Eichel, like Alex Petrangelo, etc on the books now in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, that that's really going to be the biggest question. I think even when Eichel comes back, that's going to be the biggest question is how do they fit Eichel into the salary cap once he comes off LTIR? And, you know, I, I, I look in the short term, especially, you know, the, the two names that have popped up are Riley Smith and Brady McNabb, and those two guys are playing right now like you do not want to trade them under any circumstances whatsoever. So you got to love that for contract years, that's for sure. Uh, down the road, um, that that's where it gets tricky. I, I think I I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think they were only going to have eleven million dollars left in cap space committed to. I want to say like thirteen players, and obviously, you know, in a perfect world, if you know if fatigue and stamina were not a factor, you could shell thirteen guys out into a lineup every day and hope for the best. But I don't think this team wants to do it. I mean, they they they're only a few months removed from having played fifteen guys in a uh, in a president's trophy winning game against Colorado back in May so I don't think they want to go back that route again but it's definitely going to be interesting 
to see what they do cap-wise, uh, not, not just in the next couple of months because that's going to be its own challenge, but even going down the road knowing that, you know, Max Pacioretty's contract is going to be up soon. You know, Jonathan Marshall's contract will be up in a couple of years. You know, there, there are a lot of questions that have to be answered as far as that goes. But the, the one thing you can't say about this team is they don't try and they, and they go out and get the, the big fish as much as they can, and they're going to have to either – put those results to the test and start winning some games and start winning a Stanley Cup or face some uh, tough questions down the road. When I ask you who the Golden Knights rival is, what's the first team that comes to mind? Ooh, man. You know, it, 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 it was the Sharks, I think, the first couple of years. Um, but I don't even know if you can consider that a rivalry anymore just because San Jose has kind of fallen off and Vegas has dominated that series over the last couple of years. I, I think right now, gosh, gosh. The Sharks was my answer, too, for what it's yeah, worth. And I, I do, of course, harken yeah. back to the playoff series that they played against each other there. But, it, you know, it's an, it's a young franchise. That's why I thought it might be an interesting yeah. question. You know, has there been anything substantial that has stuck around through the first couple of years? But you're right. It's tough when yeah. one team's at the top of the Pacific Division perennially and the Sharks have been trending in the opposite direction really since yeah. Vegas joined. You know you know what, if I had to pick one, it might be Colorado. And, and it's not because, you know, they're in a, you know, they're in the same division. You know, these two teams are linked to the hip just for how good they are. And especially last year, we saw, you know, just how good, you know, a playoff series and whatnot. I would, I would probably say Colorado. I think that'd probably be my best guess. I mean, it's not Arizona. It's not LA anymore. So if it's not San Jose, it's probably Colorado. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. And frankly, a couple of Western Conference uh, competitors and should be for years to come as well. Uh, we'll wrap up here with Danny Webster, contributor uh, to NHL.com in Las Vegas. And of course, with SB Nation as well. You, you've got probably two of the most exciting offense of players in the league I mean with the exception of Nathan McKinnon who you also get to see but you know McDavid Dreisaitl rolling into town does that come with any buzz you know what is what is it like when you've got these two superstars rolling in on the opposition's colors oh it's always a fun time and you know I I always kind of get a feel for the buzz whenever Edmonton comes to town because I remember I think it was before the pause uh two years ago uh, Edmonton came to town, and it was actually a 3 nothing win, I think, for Vegas that night. But I remember I was covering, doing a story with a couple of Edmonton fans who, uh, who were coming into town, and you just see all this orange, all this blue just show up. And, you know, when you, it, it's not even just the buzz that Oilers fans like to come to Vegas. You, you get to see McDavid and Dreisaitl live. And I think that in itself is like a treat that, I, that any hockey fan or anybody covering this team you know, is, is thankful to get. And, you know, especially now considering how good of a start Edmonton is off to and now that Vegas is kind of getting everybody back to kind of get McDavid and Dreisaitl against Stone and Pacioretty tomorrow is is going to be fun. And I think it's probably going to be uh, – I, I think it'll probably be on par for one of the best games of the season. Danny, this was a blast, man. I really hope we get a chance to do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me, Brendan. Hope to talk to you soon. Certainly. That's Danny Webster again from NHL.com and SB Nation talking Golden Knights, the Oilers in Vegas for that game tomorrow at 5 o'clock on 6.30. Chad, 3.30 for the face-off show. We'll press pause one more time. Back to wrap up Oilers now after this. 
Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. heard from our headliner today brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky just might be the best you've ever tasted search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today Danny Webster's debut on Oilers Now bringing it on the Vegas Golden Knights your Oilers next opponent Saturday evening 5 o'clock it's an early one I guess guess, uh, with no Leafs game they were able to put it on in prime time for the East so your Oilers and Golden Knights get the early one. And then it's back home to take on Pittsburgh on Wednesday. And they're back on the road next Friday against Seattle. So a lighter part of the schedule and that they're not playing, you know, back-to-backs like they just did. Uh, but uh, important nonetheless. Pittsburgh's not going to be easy. They just got Crosby back. We just heard all about the Vegas Golden Knights and why they are going to present plenty of challenges. They just got Max Pacioretty back. They've got Laner, who I'm sure is going to be a polarizing figure on the text line but could realistically contend for a Vesna trophy this year he's been pretty good too Oilers power play ticking it first in the league 39% penalty kill slipping down to fifth at 86.9 we'll see where those numbers uh, remain or hold after the weekend. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines. Watch the Oilers play for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1996. Ten different players scored for the Oilers in a 10-1 win over the Flames at the Canadian Airlines Saddle Dome in Calgary. Dean McCammon was the high point man with a goal and two assists. Dwayne Rollison and Trevor Kidd, the victimized goaltenders on this day in 1996. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great road trip, again, you can fly nonstop to Nashville along uh, with Flair Airlines to see the Oilers uh, for only $1,750. Call New West Travel. Go online to newwesttravel.com. We don't really have a lineup report because the team is skating here in about three and a half minutes in Vegas. Our lineup report brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Find your dream home. List your old home. Sold today, Edmonton.ca. Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. We'll have the breakdown, of course, what we're looking for right now. Two things. Are we seeing Stuart Skinner get the nod again, or does Meek Koskinen start his second in a row and then of course is Duncan Keith going to be able to return from an injury that cost him part of the Dallas game all of the Arizona game and is believed to be an upper body injury that has him listed as day to day coming up tonight again inside sports from 6 to 8 on 630 Chad tomorrow it's the Oilers and Golden Knights from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas Nevada Reed Wilkins with the face-off show at 330 he's a busy man your Friesen brothers puck drop Cam Moon Bob Stoffer at 5 o'clock always appreciate your contributions on the text line congratulations again to Brian F he's going to an Oilers game of his choosing later on this season Knew the answer to our trivia question. Bob is back on Monday. We'll have a live show then. In the meantime, we'll send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Brendan Escott saying so long. Thanks for tuning in.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.